0: Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast, where we strive to provide great preaching and teaching so that listeners will discover or rediscover the goodness, truth, and beauty of our Catholic faith. If you are interested in supporting the work we are doing, visit us at drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are inspired, uplifted, and encouraged. Hello everybody and welcome back to day four of this Dry Bones Ministries special podcast series on the Litany of Trust, where we dive in and invite all of us who are listening and journeying along to let go and to trust more and more with the Lord. My name is Father Adam Potter and I'm super grateful to be with you uh, again for another day of uh, journeying with Sister Faustina and really coming to to desire to fall more in love with the Lord and to let go of our own clinging to ourselves, our own self-reliance to the world so that we can be free to be completely His. Um, the invitation to trust, how's it going? <laughs> We're, as I mentioned in the introduction, the very beginning, to pray for trust is a really dangerous prayer. It's a lot. And if you haven't experienced opportunities yet to be uh, thrown out there, to really let go and to cling to the Lord, uh, you'll get it. I really I really believe it. The This image came to me this last summer. I had a great opportunity to spend some time with the kids at our summer camp, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, that has been founded here in the Diocese of Pittsburgh, that is just doing incredible things to really build up and give opportunities for all Catholics of all ages, to come and to experience the beauty of creation and God through uh, really being immersed into beauty in nature and in the liturgy. And I was with some high school kids doing some rock climbing, which was just amazing fun. It was the first time really that I've been out rock climbing and found it just like super humbling. I don't know. I like to think of myself as somewhat athletic or strong and here, I don't know, it was just couldn't it couldn't figure it out it's a big puzzle trying to climb up Um, we also had an opportunity to do rappelling going down so where you start at like the top of a ledge fasten a, a rope to a tree and then to your own harness and work your way down and this i found maybe not humbling on the same level but terrifying on a completely different level Rappelling really has everything to do with putting your entire trust into the harness, into the rope, and onto the tree that that's going to hold you, that's secure. And so everything needs to be fastened, and you w- make your way after you have the rope secure and into your harness, and you have to inch yourself closer and closer to the edge of the ledge, actually putting yourself horizontal to the ground that you really have to, like, allow yourself to be completely given over to the fact that it's got to be the rope that holds me. It's not going to be my own feet. It's not going to be my own sense of standing. The more that I stand up, actually, the more that I fight this rope to help me go down the the, the, the ledge, the cliff. And uh, yeah, just some incredibly terrifying moments of being completely horizontal on the edge of the, the ledge and just looking straight down. It wasn't too high. Maybe, I don't know. 60 feet, 50 feet. But it's a lot when you're there, right? And uh, just think about that as trust and where the Lord wants to bring us. Sister Faustina talked about like the threshold of our hearts, right? We might have those places, those limits, like this is as far as I can go with the Lord. And I believe that with this 30-day retreat, the Lord's inviting us to go out to that threshold to push it a little bit further to see can I let go a little bit more can I push myself out a little bit more Um, and maybe right I take my eyes off of him and I look off the ledge and it just seems like too much too much to ask and yet can we push it a little bit further can we let go of our own self-reliance and really allow ourselves to rely completely on him Today is day four, and our petition is, we pray, Lord, deliver me from the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute. She starts off this chapter by asking this question, have we ever prayed in one way or another, Lord, I want to be close to you, but not too close? That's a great question for all of us to ask and to really consider. I think most of us, if we're honest, we can say, absolutely right when we really come to glimpse the demands that the lord puts on us the um the responsibility or even just the cost that it really costs something to follow the lord there can be a there can just be that emergence in our own heart of saying lord no, i want to love you i want to be with you and yet Oh, not too much, not too much. Like, can I stay at a distance so I can still have these comforts or still have these securities or still have these friends or still have these um, influences or opportunities? And it can be really frightening to let go of those things and to believe that he's worth the cost, that he's not going to leave us destitute. He's not going to leave us poor. He's not going to leave us without everything that we need. The saints are great witnesses of these, even in the midst of many of the saints who, out of their love for the Lord, are given great crosses, great opportunities to unite themselves to him on the cross. The great witness of the saints, though, is not just that they were willing to be united to Jesus Christ on the cross, but it was the fruit of that union with him, was a joy that was unlike anything else. Some of these testimonies of St. Thomas More, who suffered incredibly, that uh, one of his great friends would say, he was one of the happiest men that I ever met. Even Padre Pio would say, I really cannot tell you how grateful I am to so tender a father for the many benefits he continues to lavish on us. Right, that's from a man who experienced incredible pain and suffering through the stigmata his life was just marked by the cross, and at the same time, that he understood the tenderness of the Father. So how about us, right? Have have we feared the cross? Have we feared the cost that the Lord requires of us? I think of the woman who, in Luke chapter 21, verses 1 to 4, she comes to the temple, and while well, all these different individuals are coming, and Giving money from their surplus into the the bank there at the temple, Jesus notices this one poor woman who drops in two small coins, and he says, Look, look, look at that one! She has given more than everybody else because while they gave out of their surplus wealth, she out of her poverty, gave all all the living that she had her entire life, her entire bios." She's this incredible witness, right? Like, Jesus would want us to draw our attention to her. That here are these other people. It looks like they're giving a lot. Here's, they're dropping in this incredible donation to the Lord, to the temple. And yet, they still have this security. They're giving from their surplus. What's on top? What's extra? And here, this woman is giving from her poverty, right? Here's someone who doesn't fear being destitute. She knows that the Lord will take care of her and give her everything that she needs. And the the Lord Jesus invites his disciples, he invites you and me to look at her, to really see her witness of a joyful, generous donation that's free from any fear that God would leave her destitute. Um, I have many opportunities where the Lord has just really um, tested me, um, tempted me. The Lord hasn't tempted me. The Lord has given me opportunities to be... Tempted and tested. Uh, one of my favorite passages is in the Old Testament. It's in the book of Sirach or Ecclesiastes, depending on your your Bible. This is chapter two from the book of Sirach. This is a father writing to his son, and listen to this incredible advice. This just beautiful invitation to recognize the journey that he is about to embark on. Imagine if your father, your mother, your guardian, the one that you look up to in in the faith or just in life, if they were to write you a letter and they were to say, here, out of all the things that I could tell you, the most important thing is this. My son, my daughter, if you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptation. Set your heart right and be steadfast and do not be hasty in time of calamity. Cleave to him and do not depart. That you may be honored at the end of your life. Accept whatever is brought upon you, and in changes that humble you, be patient. For gold is tested in the fire, and acceptable men in the furnace of humiliation. Trust in Him, and He will help you. Make your way straight, and hope in Him." Beautiful, huh? That's Sirach chapter 2, verses 1-6. to six. If you come forward to serve the Lord, prepare yourself for temptation, right? For a testing, for a purification. We could just say for suffering. It's uh, in the light of Jesus Christ, prepare for the cross that the Lord will invite you to follow him to Calvary. How many of us have really feared that invitation? But especially right as we focus on this day four, that we fear the cost. We fear what he's asking us to give to him. And that he will not give us that much more on top of it, I'll share with you one example that was just pivotal pivotal in my own life whenever I was in college, I was um studying to be uh, studying math at the time I wanted to be a math teacher, maybe a basketball coach. I was also dating this beautiful girl at the time that I'd really given my heart to and was considering marriage and at at this time where I really looked ahead at my life and where the Lord was calling me, I just knew in the depths of my heart He was calling me in a different direction. And it terrified me in so many different ways, but in, in a very real way I can just tell you around this idea that, um, that He would leave me destitute. I mean, it, it is this petition, this fear that I don't know, thinking about even the that relationship, right? That there can be a real fear of yeah, just that relationship, that intimacy, that love, that person that you would be able to have exclusively. That the Lord might be calling me to give that up. And in the midst of just like really tough times and praying about it, talking to her about it, um this this idea right of of this chapter this petition it was in the midst of the trial in the midst of the darkness in the midst of the uncertainty in the midst of that fear that he won't actually give me everything that I need trust trust just to keep my eyes on him and to to trust that he will help you make your way straight and hope in him and um yeah I can't I can't tell you how how much this um image that sister Faustina gives us about father o'connor to the in this chaplain right to the the soldiers really connected with me of here in the midst of his own darkness his own uncertainty and his own fear of like what if the lord just takes everything what if he actually doesn't come through that here he just chose to trust he chose to be faithful and still to preach the truth to preach the promises of the lord to his Unit and to the general, to the commander, and he made this incredible impact. What about us? Where do we fear? Where do we fear that the cost of following the Lord would be too much, that he wouldn't give us what we need, that he would take away our happiness, that he would take away our comfort, that he would take away our friendships, that he would take away our reputation, that he might take away our? whatever it is, right? Like, what is that thing that we might fear if I follow the Lord? He would leave me destitute. This is hard for so many different reasons. And one of the reasons it's hard is because he really does take things from us. Uh, I think we need to be careful how we talk about this in just Christian circles that, oh, the Lord would never take anything away from me. The Lord would never do that. It's like, no, he does. <laughs> like, he does. He. He is so willing to strip us. But his prerogative is not to torture us. No, as Padre Pio said, I've come to know the tender Father. The Heavenly Father so tenderly can strip us, can take these things away from us so that we are more free to receive his love. I, I heard someone that I respect say it like this that God never takes anything away that we need but always gives us, how did she say it? Well, this would have been good to have (laughs) before it. uh, She said it's like, that the Lord never takes away anything that we need for salvation, but always gives us precisely what is necessary to be united to him. And that might sound really spiritual and, and maybe that's not very consoling, but to really consider like, what is the goal of this life? It is union with God. It is to be a saint. It is to love him and to receive his love. And so in that confidence that we would know that's his prerogative too. And then in the midst of our journey, he's not afraid to strip us so that we can really, um, yeah, be free to have his love be poured into us. Um, I think a great person to ask for intercession in this is St. Matthew. St. Matthew. Um, in the scriptures, his own gospel, Matthew, <laughs> written in his own name, by his own hand. Chapter nine, we have the calling of St. Matthew, the tax collector. And it's one of the shortest conversion stories or invitations. And I kind of wonder if Matthew, in his own humility, didn't want to elaborate or accentuate more than elaborate. Um or boast or put too much because these moments of the Lord calling us is really intimate and personal and yet I, I think with just in these few lines to really be able to appreciate uh, and imagine a little bit of what he was going through so in Matthew chapter 9 verses verse 9 it's one verse Matthew 9 9 as Jesus passed on from there he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax office, and he called to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. Listen, there's so much in that, and um, I think a lot to be able to meditate on and imagine Matthew, right, a, a tax collector. That means he was colluding with the secular, the Roman government at the time. That means that he truly had rejected his own people, that he was um, yeah, participating in the collecting of taxes and even the gouging of his own people, so that he would have been rejected on so many different levels. We can imagine even his own family would have rejected him, that he wouldn't have been able to um, participate in that Jewish society, he wouldn't have been able to participate in Jewish worship, he wouldn't have been able to do all these things, and yet he chose this on his own for what all of these different promises of worldly success and wealth and prestige uh honors climbing whatever corporate ladder was there in the the Roman hierarchy or like he, he had these different opportunities of the world all before him and so here now Jesus of Nazareth comes walking through sees him at the customs booth and says two words to him right so there's more than just these two words what was Jesus's look? What was his countenance? What was his disposition? What were his eyes like? What was his just presence? Uh, Caravaggio is an incredible Renaissance painter who depicts this calling of Matthew. You've maybe seen it. If you have a chance to look it up, that would be a great thing just to kind of have in your own mind of this scene of Matthew at his tax collector's booth with all these different people around him, surrounding him, encouraging him, just like talking the talk, walking the walk. Like, this is what we do. This, this is our life. And Jesus just comes crashing into this scene. And with his arm extended, like cutting through the entire image, just puts out his finger directly towards Matthew. And you just see different people all of a sudden shocked like, Who is this? Who is this guy? What's he doing? Who's he calling? Is he calling me? Is he calling you? And you just kind of go down the line and you find there Matthew with his head down and his hand on this pile of money that he's clearly counting. And you wonder, right? Like what would he would have been, what would he have been counting or calculating? Was he thinking about like, here is this rabbi, here is this teacher with this following and here he's pointing his finger at, he's inviting me to, follow him. What's he inviting me to? What's that life? What's that mission? And how does it compare to the life, the mission that I have now? And so just imagine him counting the cost of like, how much would it cost me to follow Jesus? What would it take? What would I have to lose? What's, how much is it going to hurt? And here he is looking at his, his money. I think about that in our own lives, right? For for the invitation of the Lord to us, to you, follow me. And if we had our hand on that stack of money, wondering, like, can I take it with me? Like, what's it going to cost? What's it going to take? And is it going to be too much? Am I going to have anything left? And here, Matthew, right? In one verse of his gospel, he gets up and he follows him, leaves it all behind, takes nothing with him. He needs no security. He needs no backup plan, no retirement plan, no 401k, right? He leaves it all behind because he trusts in the Lord. Brothers and sisters, this is what Jesus is calling us to in this petition. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. What a beautiful thing for us just to really consider how the Lord's inviting us to ask, what am I afraid of letting go? What, what cost is too much? Is there anything that I wouldn't want to part with and what is that fear what's the fear that if I give the Lord this if I give the Lord my heart if I pursue him more faithfully if I make the sacrifice if I really go all into my prayer life if I really go all in into almsgiving if I really go all in to fasting into participating in the sacraments why would I not trust why would I not trust it? What's the fear that I won't have this again and again? The Lord invites us to hold it out into the light, to bring it out into the light, and just to expose it to Him. And this is that like threshold of trust, just to hold it out into the light and to allow Him to see it. To really, like, Lord, if I give this to You, I'm afraid that I won't have love, I won't have intimacy, that I won't have security, that I won't have the job, that I won't have comfort, that I won't have a future, that I won't have this opportunity, right? like hmm. And to allow the Lord to look at you just as he looked at Matthew. And that gaze, that presence, just to pierce through the fear and to set us free, just to let it go, just to slowly and surely let go of our grip and hand it over to him. With that, let's pray our Litany of Trust, found in the back of our book, asking once again for the grace of the Holy Spirit to inspire our hearts to pray this with all sincerity and to experience the freedom that he wants us to have. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From the belief that I have to earn your love, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that I am unlovable, deliver me, Jesus. From the false security that I have what it takes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear that trusting you will leave me more destitute, deliver me, Jesus. From all suspicion of your words and promises, deliver me, Jesus. From the rebellion against childlike dependency on you, deliver me, Jesus. From your refusals and reluctances in accepting your will, deliver me, Jesus. From anxiety about the future, deliver me, Jesus. From resentment or excessive preoccupation with the past, deliver me, Jesus. From restless self-seeking in the present moment, deliver me, Jesus. From belief in your love and presence, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being asked to give more than I have, deliver me, Jesus. From the belief that my life has no meaning or worth, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of what love demands, deliver me, Jesus. From discouragement, deliver me, Jesus. That you are continually holding me, sustaining me, loving me, Jesus, I trust in you. That your love goes deeper than it, than my sins and failings and transforms me, Jesus, I trust in you. That not knowing what tomorrow brings is an invitation to lean on you, Jesus, I trust in you. That you are with me in my suffering, Jesus, I trust in you. That my suffering, united to your own, will bear fruit in this life and in the next. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will not leave me orphan, that you are present in your church. Jesus, I trust in you. That your plan is better than anything else. Jesus, I trust in you. That you always hear me and in your goodness always respond to me. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me the grace to accept forgiveness and to forgive others. Jesus, I trust in you. That you give me all the strength I need for what is asked. Jesus, I trust in you. That my life is a gift. Jesus, I trust in you. That you will teach me to trust you. Jesus, I trust in you. That you are my Lord and my God. Jesus, I trust in you. That I am your beloved one. Jesus, I trust in you. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you for joining us for this episode. To learn more about Dry Bones Ministries, events, and initiatives, and to support this podcast, go to drybonespgh.org. Thanks, and God bless you.